how cold the air can be, how he can be lost so quickly through the window of opportunity, just like a draft in the night. See how words can twist and hands can ring like phones inside empty homes when nobody's there to hear. Hi, you guys. This is Richard Sachs, and you're watching Lost Arts Radio, and this is our Sunday guest show. Uh, this is a show that we've been looking forward to for a while with our friend Joy Garner, who's, I think, done one of the most important projects in all of healing, which is uh, related to the prevention of disease. And it's a project that really should have been done by the health agencies a long time ago, uh, CDC and others that were saying There's no ethical way to check whether vaccines are good for you and how good and whether they have drawbacks or anything like that, because you'd need a control group who didn't get the vaccine. And it would be so unethical to deny anybody any of the vaccines that this is totally impossible. So sometimes the most brilliant answers are very simple and right in front of your face. And FDA and CDC knew about that, but they didn't. They hope nobody else did. And Joy Garner is the one that came up with the answer and followed through. So we're going to review that and see where it's going next. So welcome, Joy. It's nice to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me, Richard. Um, So the control group study is a uh, two-year study, uh, 2019-2020, exclusively of entirely unvaccinated people of all ages across the entire country. We ended up getting a robust sample for 48 states out of the 50. So it's a, it's an extraordinary extraordinary data set. So what do you, what do you define as a robust sample? Um, about 50 times uh, higher percentage of the target population of interest than what is considered reliable when the CDC or the NIH or the FDA okay. uh, commissions a study of uh, health outcomes in Americans. Um, they typically range uh, somewhere in the 0.000 something in terms of a sample rate for their target population. Uh, and because they're the entirely unvaccinated population in the United States is uh, approximately 0.26% of the total population. Okay, so everybody in the country would be the total. That's, no. that's what it's a percent of or, or what? No. Um, our target population is people, is, are people that are completely unvaccinated, never had any vaccine. Okay, so it's a percentage of the potential big pool of the whole unvaccinated population. Yeah, so that that comes out to about uh, 832,000 nationwide of okay. Americans that have never been exposed to this class of product. Um, so for us to get a, a robust sample of that group was mm-hmm. not nearly as difficult except in uh, the selection process. So um, in order to achieve a random selection of that population, that was a little complicated, but we ended up with what 
we, we ended up achieving the outcome we were after, which okay. was a robust random sample of I that to, population. I have to apologize for interrupting a little bit, but I want okay. to bring everybody along with us in the reasoning process. Okay. Right. So not just the people who are already up to date on this, the people who have no idea what we're talking about. I want to bring them in too. So okay. first of all, the concept of a control group, when you're doing a scientific study and you want to find out the effect of a, say, medical treatment called an intervention, and you want to see if it's good or bad and how much, you have to do that intervention or treatment to certain people, like giving them a vaccine. And then, but you need other people that everything is pretty much the same, except you don't give them the vaccine. So that's called a single variable study, right? Because if there's other things that, that determine it, then it throws your study off. So you're taking it from the general population. And the only thing different is that the people that you got the survey back from had not had a vaccine. And yeah. when, and this is your one of your answers to CDC saying there's no ethical way to do it because you'd have to deny people vaccines. So you decided, well, we'll do it retrospectively. Right? Yeah, epidemiological, retrospective, observational. In other words, you don't have to deny anybody anything because yeah, these people already decided. already decided. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you, now how do you get the 832,000 figure? Where did that come from? Uh, that was from a series of uh, progression and in some years regression models of the rate of entirely unvaccinated. And our baseline, uh, we were able to establish a span of years that the CDC was actually tracking that for certain birth years. So um, the people that didn't show up for vaccines out of the well, no, people that they had they actually did a nationwide study uh, survey uh, uh, to determine okay. what percentage of the population was entirely unvaccinated or was reporting that they had not uh, vaccinated. So out of the whole 340-some million in the country, about 800-and-some thousand never got vaccinated? Yeah. Okay. All right. And so you got, where did you get your list of people to send the survey to? Uh, the way that we decided to randomize our survey yeah. um, was simply to <sighs> advertise however best we could go on radio shows, social media, okay. and let people know of the opportunity to participate. Okay. So they were self-selected, which actually some people say that can lead to bias, but the problem with the surveyor doing the selecting is that that can lead to even worse bias. So okay. Um, okay. in the balance, this is the better play. Because they could have had any reason to volunteer. It wasn't all one particular motive or anything like that. Well, one thing that was interesting is um, over the course of these two years that I was bringing these surveys in and compiling them, um, I got to know a lot of these people. I asked a lot of questions just for my own mind and for additional data that right. was not necessarily on the survey, but just because I wanted to understand more about the people that had always known not to vaccinate and had held firm about that, especially the older people. Like when you get a 70-something-year-old person that's never been exposed, what kind of family did he, did he come from? And, you know, I, I was also curious um, who was responding, who was least likely to respond in mm-hmm. the unvaccinated population and who was most likely to respond. And what I uh, determined was that people who had not vaccinated their children, 
or themselves in, in the case where it was an adult reporting for themselves, right. um, who did have some sort of health problem. Those tended to be the people that were most likely to want to participate. Um, first off, they, if they were having some sort of health issue, they were likely seeing a doctor. And that doctor already knew they were not vaccinated. So they weren't as terrified of being put on a list. I see. As okay. say someone who's just telling me, look, we don't vaccinate and we don't see doctors because we don't want to end up on a list. And yeah. we don't need doctors because we're not sick. Yeah. So. Those were the people that were kind of, and I had to, the one concern that they had was, I, I need your absolute assurance that you're not sharing my identity. You're not going to be sharing my identity because it was clear this was a pre-litigation survey. The same way you would do a, a survey of, uh, in trademark, for instance, to, to find out whether or not people are confusing one brand name with another mm-hmm. if you're going to sue someone for trademark infringement. So uh, on that level, it's, it's one of the types of ways that you can introduce evidence to prove a point. What did you call it? Out. What kind of survey did you say it was? Well, ours was was requesting health data, okay. uh, but there, there. I, I was just saying that um, it was pre litigation. Pre litigation, that was the word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's already a great body of evidence out there. There are myriad studies uh, showing the exact same thing that this one ended up showing, um, and all of the health injuries that we're seeing in the vaccinated population are uh, have at their root immune disorders. And uh, the vast majority of them are actually listed as potential side effects of vaccination. All right. And CDC has all this information for the vaccinated people. Yeah, they don't have any idea what the health of entirely unvaccinated people looks like. They have have no idea. They've never, they don't want to know. They don't want to know. Yeah, they don't have public awareness of it. I suspect they don't have the they, public aware of it, and they, yeah, I suspect they, may well they know. Be aware. They know very well. They, yeah, they know, uh, and that's why they fight so hard to prevent right. such studies from seeing the light of day. So, if there's other studies out there that show similar results to what you got, what's the difference in your study? Well, um, we did a nationwide study. Now, one of the criticisms in, say, Dr. Paul Thomas's study. Or I forget who conducted the study, but there was the um, Amish study mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. pretty conclusive, uh, right. specifically to autism. It turned right. out that they, you know, out of thousands of Amish children, there was zero yeah. autism other than the two that had been vaccinated. And the reason they'd been vaccinated is because they were adopted into the Amish community. Before they, they became Amish, they were vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. And they were the only two autism cases wow. thousands of Amish people. But the criticism there that I wanted to make sure that the control group study overcame was the idea that, well, it could be something else because that's causing all these health problems because it could be regional. It's a limited sample. It's not broad, you know, across right. the country. Um, maybe they live in a pocket near a, a nuclear power plant. Maybe they live... And yet, you know, the control group, it's like everyone's kind of evenly spread. I've got all of the postmarked envelopes that show where they were mailed to us from. 
Okay. And it shows the region they were in. And we're talking the big cities, the little cities across the board. It's just very, very consistent in terms mm. of the health, health outcomes. So if you're entirely unvaccinated, you have a lifetime risk of uh, having a uh, chronic condition of somewhere below 6% okay. on average. And okay. of those 6% that do have uh, some sort of condition, the vast majority of those are extremely mild. In other words, there's no heart disease, no diabetes, no cancer, okay, um, no serious neurological damage, uh, except in a birth defect case. But that they're calling it a birth defect. That was a bit confusing. That child was injected with the vitamin K shot, and the mother was vaccinated while she was pregnant. Wow. Okay. And that child ended up with serious neurological disorders. A uh, microcephaly, um, epilepsy, you know, you name it, this kid, really bad shape. And that mother, the mother, also duplicate kidneys. I've never even heard of that one before. Also what? Say that again. Duplicate kidneys. You mean what, four kidneys altogether instead of two? Yeah. No, three. The child ended up with three kidneys. Um, This is what the mother reported to me. I called this mother and interviewed her personally because her case was so confusing. Uh, Not because I didn't believe vaccines during pregnancy could cause birth defects. I I suspected as much. Mm -hmm. It was just that I didn't understand why a woman would get vaccinated during pregnancy and then not allow them to vaccinate her child. She didn't understand that it would go to the child probably. Uh, well, I called her to find out, okay. and this is what she reported to me. She said that it wasn't until her child was was born medically fragile that she first suspected vaccines were I dangerous. See. Okay, and that because here she is, she got vaccinated. She had hesitation to it, but she allowed it, and this is what she produced. And that was when the light bulbs went off. And in addition to that, she was very concerned that a child that was that medically fragile would be much more vulnerable to immediate vaccine injuries right. should she. So, so did she report the child to you as unvaccinated? Yes. Okay. Indirectly vaccinated would have been more accurate, right? Well, um, I did have a, a question on there about pregnancy vaccines. Okay. And like I said, it, it's a very small subclass of the entirely unvaccinated population where right. the mother accepts a pregnancy vaccine. Uh, she was not the only uh, pregnancy vaccine report that I got in the unvaccinated children. Um, there were several others, and uh, it was they had, on average, an over 6% rate of uh, birth defects. was wow. in the 100% vaccinated during pregnancy mm. babies. Um, the... Uh, entirely unvaccinated during pregnancy uh-huh. and after uh, 0.29% birth defect rate. So that was interesting to me. That appears to be, for all intents and purposes, uh, the natural background rate of birth defects if you don't uh, get vaccinated during pregnancy. 
Okay. It would be from all other potential causes is what I'm yeah. saying, whether it's radiation right. or glyphosates or uh, yeah, exactly. know, yeah. preservatives or whatever. It's pretty low risk. Yeah. It's still not good to have any risk, but when you're talking about a 0.29% risk as opposed to well over 6% risk of birth defects, many of which are going to be profound, right. uh, you're looking at a massive increase in risk. Wow. If you get pre- pregnant and decide to vaccinate while you're pregnant. And you took the data and organized it by individual health conditions and diseases and things, right? Yeah, everything's stratified. So if you go to the controlgroup.org, you can see the graphs. You can see the full report. It, there's a 17-page report that's uh, much easier to absorb. It's called Summary and Guide to the Graphs. Uh, the other report is, is for someone that's just really intensely interested in looking at all the granulated data sets, the subsets, right, and right. The risk factors. Right. So you found some, I mean, fairly earth-shaking results. Oh, where, where definitely. You get zero yeah. incidence of all these different diseases if there's no vaccine. And yeah. that's with now all that kinds is, of I wanna, other factors. I want to I preface something here because we did not... Uh, survey 100% of the entirely unvaccinated. We had, a, we had a very robust sample of that population. And so if, if, if the rate of heart disease uh, for adults in the United States, so we stratified also by age groups. Okay. Um, so over the age of 18 in the United States, before they rolled out the COVID vaccine, yeah, the, yeah. the rate of the population that was vaccine exposed is that uh, gets some form of heart disease was 48%. That's a lot. That's a lot. That was in 2020, the last numbers I was able to get my hands on. Right, right. So that's for the vaccine-exposed population. Now you're looking at a sample, uh, a certain sample size of adults with zero, showing zero heart disease. Now, does that prove vaccines are the only potential cause of heart disease? Obviously not. Does that prove that nobody could ever get heart disease unless they're vaccinated? No, 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 no. That's not what we're trying to say. We're saying uh, when you look at the size of our sample and you work it out mathematically, you realize that the absolute highest uh, percentage of the unvaccinated that are suffering heart disease cannot mathematically, they can't, it can't be higher than 0.01% that are yeah. going to have heart disease if you avoid vaccines. So if you're looking at a risk factor it, uh, of heart disease sometime in your life of 0.01% if you avoid vaccines. Uh-huh. If you have exposure to vaccines, any level of exposure, obviously the more exposure, the higher your risk would be. Right. But um, on average, the average American out there who's vaccine exposed, their risk of some form of heart disease over after the age of 18 is 48% now. That, that's uh, like, risk of diabetes if, if people are getting that, that, that's like stunning. Yeah, most I mean, people have no idea how rampant it is. I, I wonder if people are really grasping what you just said. I mean, well, point zero one versus org and look at the graphs. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's very well documented. The other thing that's available on right there on the sidebars of the graphs are the odds ratios. So in other words, we ran the odds based on our sample sizes for mm-hmm. this control group population for each age group and each stratified set. We ran the odds. And so by odds, I mean, what are the odds 
given these numbers, what are the odds mathematically that vaccines are not the cause? So you have a p-value or an odds ratio, and they both mean the same thing. They're just expressed in a different way. Um, When you get that odds ratio and then you compare it against other areas of science, Mm -hmm. um, okay, I'll give it to you this way. The odds that vaccines are not the actual cause of all of this disparity in health outcomes between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, the odds are better that you and everyone you've ever known would all win the super jackpot lotto tomorrow without buying a ticket. So that means that <laughs> probably... I mean, it's, it's mathematically impossible that vaccines are not the cause. The most, cause. most likely... So, what it's so saying is vaccines thing. are the primary cause of all these things. Yeah. Uh, a minimum of 90% of the health problems that Americans are suffering today are a direct result of exposure to vaccines. Absolutely. And the numbers, there's wow. no way around these numbers. They, they mean what they, they express. They, they're very clear. So the two results of that are, one, it's costing hundreds of millions of dollars a year to deal with the health problems of all the people who are victims of vaccines. It's, it's shortening lifespans. It's and making those much shorter lives much more miserable. And it's right. costing a fortune in disability and, and um, health care costs. And that's aside from the, the fact that the kind of treatments they're doing for most of these diseases cause other health problems. Well, yeah, you show up with diabetes, and instead of getting to the core of what caused the diabetes right because they're only just now admitting that it's a dysfunctional immune system that is at the root of diabetes they're only just now kind of openly admitting yeah we've known for 30 years but uh, heart disease is actually also an immune disorder where your immune system attacks your own organs your own tissues your skin eczema asthma all the allergies um, this and is all they, because you're messing they, with the immune system. When they talk about so-called autoimmune diseases, every time I've heard it from a conventional doctor, it's that the body just went crazy for no reason. No apparent reason. Right. Well, no, sometimes on a very rare occasion, they will allude to the possibility that the vaccine at some point may have triggered your underlying genetic weakness. Right. You've heard that one, right? Yeah, it's not the vaccine, it's a reaction to it because of your compromised system. Well, anyway, that's that's what they'll occasionally admit to as well. It may have triggered it, but you were going to get it anyway. Yeah. And what I just found the other night, I was doing some legal research, and I found that the um, thin skull, they literally have a defense called thin skull, which is banned in law, in American jurisprudence. You're not allowed to use as a defense when you shoot someone in the head or mm-hmm. crash into them oh, I see. and their head explodes that, well, it's their fault because they it was going to happen any, anyway. Skull. So when you inject somebody, it's equivalent to putting a bullet, you know, maybe in their head. And uh, that but defense the, is absurd. But they, do but, use, they, but they do use that excuse in medicine. Well, where vaccines are concerned, they continually say they blame the parents they blame the child. They say, you just were predisposed. You had a weakness. You had a genetic flaw. And the vaccine just exposed it. 
you know, it just triggered it. Exactly. I've heard it said that that shows that they're working too. Well, yeah. So 60% of adults in America, um, those over the age of 18, are Mm. now suffering mostly deadly and disabling health conditions that are driven by a dysfunctional immune system. You go over to the control group and they are almost all perfectly healthy for life. They generally just die of old age. They don't have these serious debilitating neurological and physical problems. Um, The problems that they do have, the vast majority of that 6% that have any condition at all, they're generally mild. Right. And you're not talking about people who have an all organic diet and exercise and sleep right and all this stuff. You know, that was another interesting thing that I discovered, Richard, uh, was that the entirely unvaccinated, because they're so healthy, Uh they're not that careful about their diet. They don't have swollen lymph nodes and arthritis and diabetes that that makes you afraid to eat a candy bar. Exactly. That, that is what makes most people get the motivation to be careful with those things. Well, they have no choice. They've got immune disorders. They've got leaky gut. They've got inflammation in their brain and brain fog. Yeah, and and right. they have to be meticulous. Whereas right. someone that's entirely unvaccinated is kind of arrogant about it. They're rocking 60, 70 years old, going out. Yeah, I think I'll have a drink. Maybe not be an alcoholic, but I'll have a drink. Hey, give me a Big Mac. You know, they're, and they're just, they seem to be like bulletproof. Wow. I mean, I don't mean to be a poster child for bad eating habits and living because the vast majority of people can't afford it because the vast majority of people have been exposed to vaccines. Right. Uh, but the fact is these numbers don't lie. The number one cause of all of these problems is vaccines. How many health problems did you check for in the survey? Any and all. So they just had to list it and then you Any organized it. Okay. Even if it, you know, we, we wanted definitely for them to write down anything that had been medically diagnosed. Okay. But any other condition, they were free to explain. We wanted it all because we wanted the truth. And the interesting thing about doing something so broad, broad geographically. Right. That then when you, uh, you, you take groups and then you randomly split those and you see what the averages are on each group. You pull the, di- the data and randomly split them you can run equations that'll show you whether or not there's a group of people lying somewhere and here's the thing there's no way you get this level of accuracy we ended up with a level of accuracy that was just stunning on this data set our margin of error deviation call it what you will people want to call it different things depending on where they're using these numbers but Mm -hmm. kind of typically recognized would be um margin of error or you could call it the uh, confidence level in the um, in the uh, deviation. Uh, so we had a, a deviation that ultimately ended up being uh, 0.04%, actually slightly under that. I just don't want to drag out all that. We rounded it. And what made you say that the problems were because of their immune system? Because you knew that they, the vaccinated group was getting well, these diseases. They just identified... Okay, so 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 the people within the entirely unvaccinated mm-hmm. that we were surveying, we did not make a determination as to what caused their health problems. We didn't. Okay. We just said, okay, you didn't get vaccinated, 
and this is your group and this is the, the rate of the, right. these illnesses in your group. You didn't get vaccinated, but you did get the case shot. You're right. in this group and this is the rate of illness mm-hmm. in that group. Oh, by the way, if you're unvaccinated, but you did get the case shot, even if your mother wasn't vaccinated during pregnancy, right? the, right. Ra- the, the average rate of um, uh, conditions actually goes up to about 13%. That's a huge change. Oh, yeah. You, so that was you, another thing nobody else had done. And, and Dr. Paul Thomas liked that a lot about our study. Because even in his study, uh, which was pretty impressive, uh, it was incredibly impressive. Um, even in his study, he hadn't separated out that K-shot as another yeah, and, and I think people tend, to, it. people tend to assume that in the vitamin K-shot, and the, probably the reason it's caused that, called that is that there are no other ingredients. It's just a vitamin. Uh, Yeah, that's what people are told. So they may be very protective about injecting anything in their child, and then they're pressured and told, you know, your baby could bleed to death, you know, and it's just a vitamin. And they're not told that it's full of adjuvant, uh, specifically aluminum hydroxide. Right. Which is deadly. It says so on the box. Was it your conclusion just as an observer that this was all due to a damaged immune system, that this was happening? Well, okay, so, so let's not mix apples and oranges. Our comparison graphs are based on the national published health data. Yes. For the over 99% vaccine-exposed American population. Right. For every disease, uh, also with, for stratified age groups, and also um, we've separated out all the different diseases as well. Yeah. And run those comparisons against what we found in the control group. So I did not personally decide that any disease that people are suffering these days are the result of an injured immune system. What I did do, and this is available for judicial notice within our lawsuit, mm-hmm. is do the research to, to and, and our team did as well, our legal team, just amazing people, um, do the research to determine where the evidence was that all of these chronic illnesses, heart disease, diabetes, all of the most common ones, and even the uncommon ones, even kidney failure. Number one cause of kidney failure is an immune disorder. They don't tell you that when you go to get treated and your kidneys are failing. No, that's right. It's also number one cause of cirrhosis of the liver. We all thought that was from alcoholism, and I'm not saying alcoholism can't cause it. Right. I'm just saying there are a lot of people that aren't alcoholics that are having liver failure. And do you know that this common thing in the hospitals when a baby is newborn and they turn yellow and they get jaundice? Right. That's nine out of 10 babies that suffer that. Yeah. That is a sign of liver failure. And yet they don't take it seriously because it's so common. That you Welcome to the world, baby. Jab them with the aluminum and about a year's supply of vitamin K for an adult, a synthetic version of it, that's um, supposed to keep them with a ready supply stored in their liver for another year. Because the Uh, presumption is that the parents will uh, malnourish their baby. Every parent that walks in is guilty of malnourishing their baby. So therefore, we've got to inject them. So the babies all get signs can you imagine i mean you're just walking down the street at this age just living your life and one day you look in the mirror and your skin is yellow Mm -hmm. 
that is a sign that you need emergency treatment. Your liver's dying. Right, right. And it's a very, very serious condition. And yet nine out of 10 babies. They get and they that. they send them home yeah. and go, well, I'll just put them in the sun. It's very common to worry about it. So did you check jaundice in your conditions? Uh, there were some instances where people reported jaundice. But because it's uh, not a chronic long-term condition, yeah. uh, I'm assuming there are probably a lot of cases um, in the K-shot exposed that just didn't get reported. But we had no reports of it in the entirely unvaccinated that also avoided the K-shot, right. which was so, about two-thirds of our group. About a third of the entirely unvaccinated allowed a K-shot for their child. Wow. So were you surprised at the results of the whole thing? Actually, I was. I was shocked. Now, that's not to say I didn't already suspect vaccines. Of course, I had already suspected them. I've got a sister with lupus. I know why she got it. Mm-hmm. I've got a nephew that uh, ended up with autism immediately after the shot. He was a toddler, um, and he was screaming for 48 hours straight, no wow. sleep. Wow. And he was never the same after that. I was like 16-year-old, and I used to babysit him. I, you know how that is with a niece or a nephew. Yeah. I loved him, you know, and I was so bonded to this little boy. And all of a sudden, I couldn't connect with him anymore. And that was right after one of the shots. Mm-hmm. He had a horrible fever and high-pitched screaming. Right. It was just ungodly for two days straight, all night and all day. Wow. He was dying inside. His brain was swollen and nobody knew what the hell was going on. All my sister said was, well, that's the last time I'm letting anyone vaccinate one of my kids. It's too bad it has to get to that before they decide. She had seven more children. That was her first child. He got that. That was the end of it. She had seven mm-hmm. more children that did not get vaccinated. Okay. Uh, all of them perfectly healthy. Wow. Wow. So you were expecting there to be some difference, just not as much as what you saw. Well, I just wanted to know what it was. I mean, I, I started looking around going, wait a minute, nobody's ever added this up. I mean, we're paying billions of dollars for them to assure us that these things are safe. There's a really easy, obvious way to figure out just how safe they are so that we can determine whether or not that rare slogan is actually true. And I was also wondering, where did that slogan come from? Like, if you're going to characterize the frequency of an event, i.e. vaccine injury, Mm -hmm. with a subjective adjective, don't you have to count them first? <laughs> I mean, you got to have a number and go, oh, now that we have this number, that looks like it's rare, you know, but they don't have that number behind the slogan. No, they just say everybody knows. Well, they'll say, I will refer you to the VARES numbers, hoping that you'll never find out that the VARES reporting rate is below 1% of yeah. the actual injuries and deaths after vaccination. So Yeah, exactly. And I found that out pretty early on, and I was just like, hey, somebody's got to tally this up. And I think I know a way to do it, wow. and I did know a way to do it. So when you got the results, what did you do to let people know? Uh, well, they it went up on the website. Um, the um, main thing that I was looking for is I was looking for evidence that would be admissible in court and that could be used to demonstrate, you know, this, this might not be doing as it may be doing far more harm than good. And, and I already kind of believed that, but I, 
I, I didn't know for sure. And the fact is, it, it, if my study had come back showing me something else, uh-huh. I wouldn't have sued. Sure. That would be fine. I, I would be like, okay, they're doing more good than harm. Yeah. Even though some people are harmed. Mm-hmm. If I had found out that the injuries are rare, if I had found out that they're doing far more good than harm, no way on earth would I be opposed to any of the vaccine measures. I'd be like, okay, great. The more the merrier. Right. Uh, but that is not what I found out. And I wanted to know the truth. And I, I have the truth now. And um, it's, it's a type of study that cannot be refuted. How long has it been since the results were clear? Uh, 2020. So in that two years, what's been the response, if any? Uh, well, um, nobody's attempted to refute it. However, I have had, I did have, um, because I'm not a uh, medical doctor, mm-hmm. uh, there's a kind of an insider's. You know, so even anti-vax doctors that are starting to speak the truth and stand up to the medical boards and, you know, um, even those doctors that are being attacked viciously by by the medical board are a little put off by me. And um, so I've had rejection like uh, literally was on a a video conference where I was going to talk actually about some possible legal strategies that some of these doctors could take to protect themselves. But my sort of my first introduction was, you know, Joy did this control group study and it's admissible in court. Mm-hmm. And this is a very valuable tool that, you know, so that was kind of my reason for being on the, the Zoom conference call with these doctors. And, right. and right. I, I was, uh, before I was introduced, I had to listen to a woman go on for about 10 or 15 minutes about saying things about my study that were untrue wow. in order to justify her stance that it was unreliable and that I was basically a piece of crap for having done it. What kind of position and was I'm she And I'm sitting in? there waving my hand going, I'd like to, you know, because I'm going, I'm thinking, my goodness, she's obviously not read the study. If she had, she wouldn't be saying these things. No, it's worse than that. She probably did read the study. Well, she was one of the doctors that was being attacked by the medical board. For doing or what? writing for medical do- exemptions, uh, vaccine exemptions. So I was a little shocked. Yeah, but why but would she? Why would she go from the there? To, why that? would she go? Why would she go from being attacked like that for the exemptions to being willing to lie about your study? Well, I think it was an ego thing. I mean, I don't think that. I, I think that we constantly, all of us, to some extent, find ourselves in situations where we feel threatened by um, other people. And I think that's what it was. She was just like, you know, you're not going to tell me you're some kind of expert. And it's like, I, 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 I can't get behind all of her motivations. I, I really don't want to yeah. get my mind into it. But it just it seemed like it could be an ego thing. It was definitely an ego thing. Okay. But what was even scarier is that the moderator on the thing that had invited me, um, it, she finally gave me, she said, Joy, I can see you're waving your hand. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to give you a chance to respond. So I did. Good. And she said, uh, you've got, she literally said, Joy, you've got the floor now. So I went, okay, well, I'm wondering if you actually read the study, because if you had read it, you would know that. And before I could say another word, that same woman is screaming over me. And then when I wouldn't stop talking so that she could continue on, 
And I, I, I just completed my sentence and I just, I raised my voice a little bit so that like, and furthermore, you know, while I'm in yeah, right. <laughs> the moderator decided that I was the rude one and she cut off my mic. And that was the end of that. Whoa. And you know, what's really funny. A bunch of these doctors have been ringing my damn phone up, including the moderator on that particular zoom call asking me what the hell to do as the medical board drags them by their nose to down the, Mary path to losing their medical exemptions. What kind of a panel was that? How was or, I'm sorry, done? losing their license. It was a panel of doctors that are that are understand how dangerous vaccines are, and who write medical exemptions in the state of California. And because they do so, the California State Medical Board is going after their medical licenses. So was it a panel? And they'll they'll about- just lie about these doctors or accuse them of anything. They'll, they, they're just, they just go after them and they attack them. And that's uh, horrifying because these are the last few truly good doctors we actually have with a license. Yeah. Brave enough to be honest and, and actually observe what's going on. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. were in the panel to try to encourage and help each other, I guess. Right. To come up with some kind of plan of action for how to face right. down the medical board and uh, deal with this. And of course, my first advice was, uh, make them get a warrant. Like, in other yeah, words, yeah. don't volunteer to help them take your medical license away faster. Like, force them to go through, because yeah. if, if you force them to get a subpoena through court, you're going to get an opportunity to file a motion to quash. Okay, so... The judge might decide they don't have good cause to compel you to provide whatever it is they're trying to investigate. Right, right. You know, the that was a good idea. So, and so that will delay them by six months if you don't just, but right. they ended up, most of the doctors, uh, they get these lawyers that say, oh, you have to do everything the medical board tells you immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come yeah. on, let's do the interview. And every single time these doctors lose their license really fast. You know, one of the questions that comes up is these individuals that work for the medical board that are carrying out these attacks. What do you think? I mean, do you have any feeling for what their motivation and mentality might be? Why, why they're willing to do that and they don't want to know what's true? Well, it's, ra- it's all rather horrifying, the implications here. To see yeah. this level of corruption. And, you know, when you do, whenever you do scratch at the surface, like, like you scratch at the surface of a federal judge who makes an irrational order wherein he actually lies about the contents of our complaint. Right, And we find out, oh, during the 11 months that he was delaying our case, he made another few hundred grand off of his pharma stocks, specifically the ones that are pushing the COVID vaccines. So it's, it's, Richard, it's horrifying. This is a a battle between good and evil. And it is. um, I'm pointing out that it's all pervasive. Yeah. It's not just a few cases. Are working for pharma. Our legislatures are working for pharma. Those are their biggest donors. Which means you've got people donors. willing to lie, kill. lie, destroy, and kill for money. Yeah, maim and kill Americans, their fellow humans, yeah. uh, for cash. And I'm no longer willing to even consider the possibility they don't know what they're doing. No, I, I think that's totally unlikely. I mean, yeah. does it, like your study, the chances are nothing. Yeah. 
So what you're so dealing this is with no is no longer about, you know, it's the, uh, I, there's a show on, on rumble. One of Stu Peters, uh, I forget her name, but be, lovely woman with dark hair that, that goes on Stu Peters show a lot. And okay. I forget her name though. Darn it, doctor, I, I it's love, a doctor, Dr. Yeah, Jane, Jane Ruby. Jane Ruby. Yes. She's, she's just fabulous. Yeah. Anyway. Um, she did a show where it was just all about, she started getting calls from nurses and, and, and doctors who worked at hospitals who, who were being attacked for oh. not being vaccinated. Okay. And, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Please do a show about this. It's so important. Right. And she's like, okay, wait a minute. What is your job exactly? Oh, here's some of those fine people implementing the CDC's directives to basically murder Americans in your right. hospitals, medically kidnap them. Right. You know, oh, you mean you're not going to be able to go on getting paid to murder people if you don't also take your own medicine? She was explaining this on the show, right? Yeah. She said, I cannot. I told them, no, I will not give you any airtime. And I, I, I had to agree with her on that. Yeah. The only ones I want to get, give airtime to are the ones that aren't willing to go on killing people right. for a living. So you're coming up with a pattern here, and this is individuals willing to destroy other people's lives for money. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's that simple. And now that they're being told, well, you know, uh, you must think it's safe. That. That's why you keep giving it to everyone else. Um, uh, so why don't you take one too now, honey? Exactly, exactly. And they're going, oh, no, hold it, hold off. You know, why? And, and that would be our, interesting our to ask them what their thought is on that um it's i think Why? they don't need to even ask they just well, want that money i mean you know the answer but i just think it would be interesting to see what they would say yeah i mean my feeling is you know find another way to make a living besides killing people for a living exactly you know if you go find something else to, and it was really really interesting to me almost providence as sad as this is it it, it I mean, I don't relish it, but it just seemed uh, what was coming down from SCOTUS on the first cases that were actually getting some action Mm -hmm. on the uh, OSHA rules, the executive orders from Biden to to make everybody get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 100 or more employees or something like that. Um, So SCOTUS was uh, 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 pretty quick, actually, to go, oh, no, that's not. That's not allowed. Yeah, that was o- OSHA, do- OSHA doesn't have um, uh, jur- jurisdiction or the, the proper authority. And so, no. <laughs> oh, but they can enforce it for the medical workers. Yeah, so they didn't go completely out of character. Well, no, but I just thought it was really interesting. Didn't you? Okay, but we're going to let them force inject the medical workers. I thought that was interesting. <sighs> what do you think... Th- why would they do that? I mean, I do not pretend to know uh, for a fact anything of what's motivating them right now. I know that the Constitution surely is not. No, they're not too concerned about that. No. Uh, however, um, I, you know, I was actually going and helping out some Kaiser nurses, uh, you know, early on when when some of this was hitting. I went with the bullhorn. They didn't have a speaker, but they were having a big um, uh, 
protest and I brought my bullhorn and signs and flyers and whatever yeah, <laughs> right. to help them make a bigger party out of it. They, are, they had a pretty good crew out there. It was in uh, Walnut Creek, oh, okay. very big uh, area, very populated right on the bay, the bay right. area. It's all very populated there densely. Uh, okay. Anyway, they uh, had their big protest. And uh, at that time, I was doing everything I could to educate them and uh, explain to them why they need to resist this, et cetera. I mean, they're already resisting it. That's why they were protesting. Right. Um, but I, you know, I kind of walked away from it and lost interest. I, I, I after thinking about it why? and also watching all these episodes of, of, medical kidnapping and murdering patients with the with the uh, COVID protocols. You mean that's you know, why you lost it? And you lost interest because they were involved in the killing too. Yeah. There it's it's a murder factory. Yeah. And so um I just kind of went, you know what? I'm out. Like good luck you guys. I care about you. I do hope you can turn this around for yourselves, but like I've got other other Things that are kind of right. more important to me right now, like protecting children, for one thing. You know. So this is an issue of people being, you know, completely overruling their conscience if they ever had one. Yeah, and it's very sad because it comes back to that, you know, spiritual battle. It's 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 a battle between good and evil, right. and you know, um, they have to be at a point. People have to decide. Look, I would rather sleep under a bridge, yeah, than kill people for a living. And if it's, they're not able to make that choice. It's just like in the Nazi trials where everybody's just following orders. Well, and that was the thing Dr. Gina Ruby said. She said they stayed. They stayed. Okay, so um, they're not upset until the needle's going into their arm. Now they're willing to maybe leave. Exactly. But back when it was just them killing other people. They, they wouldn't the, leave. They wanted that paycheck. They were more than happy to do it for a paycheck. The only thing that upset them is that somebody wanted to hurt them now. Right, right. Wow. They know how bad these vaccines so this they, is. A, they know how bad they are. This is a consciousness issue. Yeah. Because if you have some degree of self-awareness, you know that you can't hurt other people intentionally or it hurts you. Because we're all networked and connected. Yeah. And they don't know that. You can't escape the effects of creating a hell on earth. No. It's called it, karma, for one you thing. You can't be a part of creating a hell on earth and expect not to be touched by it. Well, you can. You're just wrong. <laughs> you might yeah. expect it, but you're wrong. Yeah. 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 You won't escape it. So you didn't get on, in the headlines. Your results didn't get in the headlines of the New York Times and Washington Post. No. And riddle me this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's not a, um, it's not a matter of getting a whole lot of attention and, 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 uh, running with it. it it's the, this was just a, a methodical process of creating admissible evidence for use in court. Um, mm -hmm. I don't care if pharma thinks it's any good. They can't refute it. If they're going to show up and try yeah. to refute it in court, they can't. So where they have, they have nothing. So what oh, kind of I'm going to I'm going to get their experts that they would use. I'm going to get them disqualified because not a single one of them is an expert on health data for entirely unvaccinated people. No. I at this time am actually in fact the the world's uh top authority on this subject. Yeah, not only haven't they studied it, they've never seen it. They have no idea. Right. So what kind of a vehicle brings it into a court? 
Well, now that's the other tricky one. Um, we brought it in as a lawsuit against Biden or the executive branch because the executive branch is responsible for the CDC, the NIH. These are subordinate agencies. So this is re- this has to be recent that you're talking about because Biden hasn't been president that long. Well, our our first defendant was Trump, but then when Biden was reportedly inaugurated, okay, so it, you, the title you, changed over. So you it's did just the original, office of the executive branch of the. Okay, so you, when did you first do it? February of twenty twenty one is when it actually got filed. Okay. Okay. So that was a month after Biden got in. Yeah. And, well, and, no, I'm sorry. It was in the fall of 2020. Oh, okay. Um, it, it came to four and there was some action. I'm sorry, I, I was confusing dates. There no, was some fine. action on it um, on, in February. That was the first time there was any court action on the case. And by that time, Biden was, in was February. president. And by, by then, yeah. Yeah, okay. But and when what? we initially filed it in the fall uh, of uh, 2021, it, it, it was the title was uh, Joy Garner versus uh, President Trump. So the president is made the defendant, right? Yeah. And what's because the, he's the executive. He's responsible oversees. for HHS and all these other people. These are executive agencies. Yeah. What's the complaint? Uh, catastrophic um, public health crisis is caused by vaccine exposures. Um, the country needs protection first and foremost from any form of discrimination that is based upon their vaccination status. Um, that is the, the preliminary relief that we're asking for. And of course, we had a conflicted judge that's delayed the case horribly. Um, so. so the complaint is that the president is allowing this to happen. Yes. Is that right? And the president, uh, as a matter of national security, has an absolute obligation uh, to keep the country from collapsing because on our current trajectory, we have until, and this is a mathematical certainty, we, right. and this was before they rolled out the warp speed jets. These, these trajectories were set. We will, have, based on the rate of increase of mm-hmm. these chronic illnesses, right. uh, we will, this republic will collapse by before 2030 from that uh, from that no cause. just from, from the physical from everybody being just dis- on disability from the physical destruction of its population and that's if they don't destroy it some other way first yeah now uh new trajectories coming into the fore now that we're starting to see the first tip of the iceberg of what's happening with the covid vaccines yeah um if we don't alter that trajectory um, dramatically, uh, it's looking more like 2025, 26 is like the end yeah, of the that, road. that should accelerate it a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, a you know, this is a life or death thing for the Republic. Right. Uh, we can't very well have one without its people being able to function. And so what, what relief did you say you're asking for in the trial? Well, first and foremost, uh, well, it's, it's, uh, so, so there's preliminary injunctive relief, um, and then there's the ultimate declaratory relief, which is much bigger and broader and com- more encompassing. But okay. the preliminary injunctive relief is to prohibit all forms of discrimination within the United States 
that is based upon a person's vaccination. Right. Not, not, this is an important dis- distinction, not just r- refuse to do it from the federal level, ban it from all the other levels. Anybody. Right. Because school and, and also to prohibit uh, private organizations from discriminating. Right. Basically. I think, I think DeSantis has done something like that in Florida at this Florida, point. Yeah. Well, we need that nationwide. We need it quick. But even the people that are in favor of that, like DeSantis, have not been able to comprehend what the nature of the vaccines yet. I mean, he still says they're good and you can do it if you want to. Hey, last I checked, Trump was saying uh, that they're good. Trump said they're fantastic and they saved millions of lives. I mean, the only... Trump. There's a lot of Q people that say, you know, he's speaking in code and that there was something I've just else been that talking would have been worse. Them. I've just been talking to them and I, I listen respectfully and say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not infallible in my judgment, but that sounds like total nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I can't uh, square it. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, if he knows, which is what they're saying about all this stuff and what it is. And he's telling these whopper lies that his followers go along with and get killed. That, that can't be okay. Interestingly enough, the um, vast majority of right-wing Republican voting Americans are the ones that have refused the COVID vaccines and have simply ignored Trump's statements about that. Um, another interesting thing is the only time his supporters at one of these big rallies mm-hmm. has ever booed him is when he's on the stage at the rally. I think it was one in Alabama not too long ago when he said something positive about the COVID vaccines. Uh-huh. He got booed. And you should have seen the man. He had never been booed before, not by his people. Right. And he stood there. His face got kind of red and sweaty and he kind of waffled on one leg shifting one to the other and looked around and then put his chin back and said well you got your freedom and it's like no we don't have that either no if he just doesn't mandate it federally everybody else can mandate it exactly and it it doesn't stop exactly private companies you know all kinds of things so you know that is my only issue with trump i mean i all the other things that he stood for well, that and his, for, his you know, lower taxes and yeah, energy no. freedom. And I was just having this discussion with somebody. In fact, I was talking to a friend of his who asked me to give a message to take to him personally at Mar-a-Lago. Uh-huh. I don't know if it'll actually get to him or not, but the point was he can muster 80 million plus followers and could do a lot of good, and he did do some spectacular things, like making the country energy independent. That's a huge element of national security. Yeah. Um, but this, it looks to me, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the same ego power and self-assurance that allowed him to survive five years plus of media hatred and attack makes it almost impossible for him to admit a mistake. Well, now the other side of that could well be the the spell is being broken with pharma right now as a result of this catastrophe from the warp speed plan. I, you know, before they rolled out those vaccines, mm-hmm. I didn't have anywhere near the support I've got now for stopping and prohibiting for obtaining a court order. Yeah, the, the public support for that type of order is so much 
bigger now than it was back then. So are they using that as a justification for what he's saying? No, I'm just saying that it is fortuitous. It is fortuitous. It's great. So it's positioned as many people as it's hurt and as horrific as that is. Yeah. You know, long term, a, a, a population that is willing to just, without question, get injected because their government tells them to, mm-hmm. is not one that can sustain a free nation. No, that's true. And if a substantial percentage of the population that is willing to trust government, that just always trust government, sure, inject it. Right. If, they, if they're still here with us four years from now, they will keep us from having a free country. I hate to talk this way, but... It yeah, feels I understand. But on the that. other side, it's just like I want to have a free country, even if uh, it loses a third of its population. Yeah, I hope that's all it loses. I just think you know, and this is probably just fantasy. But if Trump had the courage and strength to say, you know, I made this mistake that's so catastrophic, I can't even tell you, and I'm going to use the rest of my life to try to make up for it, and here are the things I'm going to do to fix it now. I think his support would be a lot bigger. Oh, it'll go through the roof. Yeah. I mean, if he comes forward and says, you know, Fauci lied to me. I thought they were all experts. They right. all lied to me. And, and I'm not. And, and I'm go, not as and good you know as what? We're going to hang some of these people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm not as good as hiring and firing as I was in The Apprentice. Well, he didn't hire Fauci. That's one of those bureaucracy positions that's almost impossible to fire. Yeah, but he handed the country over to him. He should have had him arrested. Well, when you go into the intricacies of how this U.S. corporation actually functions and what Trump's chess moves were limited to, you see it differently. And I've been studying these things because I'm very astute on the legal side of this. Why did he do that? What was the law on that? How he dealt with this person or that person? It doesn't justify him hiring criminals in these positions that should have been really influential. You know, well... We'll have to see how it all washes out, whether or not we know it was good or bad. That's true. That's true. I guess we'll find out. Because, you know, um, of all the, uh, you know, emergency vehicles I see pulling up to people's homes these days. Right. um, The first one in my neighborhood was the only one in my neighborhood that had a Biden sign on her lawn. Interesting. And I know for a fact she was vaccine injured because she was hobbling past my house with a newly acquired walker. Hmm. While I was working in the yard and I stopped her like, whoa, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I got my first COVID shot. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get the second one. Yeah, like that, that she wanted to get. Yeah, she would want it because this proves that, it's, proves that it's working. Yeah, because she can barely walk now. Yeah, and exactly. So she hobbled off back to her house. And I'm just like, even with the Biden sign in the yard, I, I like this lady, you know. I, That's right. I, nice. I like her. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm looking rear, rear, and they're pulling her body out of the house on a gurney, right. Right. and it wasn't moving. Yeah, I would rather see people waking up than being slaughtered. I mean, if there's a ch- choice. Yeah, and there's a certain percentage of people that are never going to. Not in the near future, anyway. Huh? Well, there's there's a certain subset of people that if you, uh. If, 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 if you try to tell them, look at the data, you can't they will refuse. Yeah. Yeah. They'll I agree. Just, 
They won't look at it. No, I don't think you can do it with a conversation. And they're going to go on believing whatever there's, there's a brainwashing that's maybe just kind of locked for a lot of people. Could be. You can't really fix. You're hoping to save some with the outcome of the lawsuit. You're hoping that that's going to save a lot of people though. Well, yeah, because first off, everyone that gets injected will be, will have chosen to. And so in the ultimate relief that we're asking for, we want a numerical risk value placed in front of everybody that is about to get a shot. So if they are voluntarily going in to get a shot, they're not allowed to get one until they see the numbers. Yeah. In other words, not just consent, but informed consent. Fully informed. Like here is how high your risk of heart disease or diabetes or all of these things will become. Right. And here's the Um, fact that it doesn't prevent diseases. Because they're getting it because they think it's going to prevent disease. Yeah. It's actually more likely to cause, you know, debilitating and life shortening and ending uh, and agonizing right. um, illness than it is likely to save you from anything. You know, one of the complaints about the legal process that most people have, if they're familiar with it, is that it takes forever or uh-huh. seems to. So yeah, what do you, what do you think own. a realistic timeline prognostication would be? I don't even want to venture after what I've just been through. You know, 11-month okay. delay because of a conflicted judge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't even want to venture. I, I can tell you this, that while uh, the federal case, the primary case, is, is working its way forward, um, there's periods where there's, like, nothing I can do. That got filed, and now we just have to wait months or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so during that period, I'm, I'm very active doing other things. Like, for instance, Doug Halstead. He's one of the last few doctors standing in the state of California who, who will or has written medical exemptions, who still has a medical license. Yeah. Explain to people who don't know, why would a doctor be hesitant if they know about vaccines to write an exemption? Because once they do, if the medical board finds out about it, they will uh, persecute that doctor, uh, haul him in to court, torture him, harass him and ultimately lie about him in order to strip him of his business, his uh, medical license. And, and this has to be because the people on the board, like we said, are following orders in order They're to maintain They're following orders lockstep for pharma. And they have a very lucrative position being on the board. Yeah, and they, well, and the thing about Dr. Halstead in particular is that in our federal case, he's one of our um, expert witnesses. Hmm. And they would very much like to strip him of his medical license. They'd like to discredit him testifies. and say, this is a, this is a discredited doctor that can't yeah, even have a medical license. And what kind of expert is that, you know? Well, they're trying to paint him as uh, the leader of an anti-vaxxer cult. And um, that, that uh, it's so extreme, the attack they're taking on him or that they're putting upon him. They're, they're actually saying that, uh, this anti-vaxxer cult uh, causes murder, suicide, and exactly. I mean, it's, it's very crazy what they're doing to him right how now. Did, how did you first find out about him? Uh, well, I had uh, known about him um, when um, my lead counsel, Greg Glazer, who's also uh, uh, general counsel for Physicians for Informed Consent, yeah. he um, uh, had, I guess, uh, this 
Dr. Holstead was a member of the Physicians for Informed Consent. And I, I think that's how Greg knew him. But he brought him in and, and uh, Dr. Holstead agreed to review the study um, and to sign an expert uh, declaration as a witness uh, to the validity of it mm-hmm. and how his own personal practical experience is, is corroborates the results of this study. And that, you know, on an empirical uh, direct level, he's seeing the same outcome in his own patients when they avoid vaccines or when they don't avoid vaccines. And he's a pediatrician, right? Uh, GP. A D- GP. He treat, he's, Inclu- sure. Including kids. Yeah. GP family. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I could be wrong on that. I think that he was more focused on just being a pediatrician and then expanded uh, to just be a family doctor. I, I could be wrong on that. Don't, okay. don't hold me to it. But, yeah. um, but anyway, he's gone so, to see what the results are in his own practice. Well, yes. I mean, he's, he's, he's been in practice for a long time. Right. And um, he's lived in a relatively small community where, you know, there's a continuity with mm-hmm. his patients. And um, he's had vaccine-injured patients deciding to no longer see the doctor they were seeing that was responsible for their injuries right. and then switch to him looking for an answer. You know, how do I fix this damage that's been done? Exactly. Wow. So that's another reason they really want to get rid of this guy. Um, the, the has, he, has, he, has he done a lot of work finding effective remedies for vaccine damage? You know, I, I don't spend much time talking to him about those types of things. Right now, my conversations with him are about um, how we defend him against the medical board, how we go after the medical board. We're putting together a right. strategy for how we can stop these crimes they're committing. Um, mm-hmm. And we may be implementing that. And that was what I was going to say is while the federal case is doing its thing, yeah, I'm going to be off putting together a cause of action um, with Dr. Halstead as as kind of the lead, but there are some other plaintiffs coming into the picture right now that will be co-plaintiffs with him, and uh, we need to go after the medical board. It's it's not working to just wait until they come for the doctors. The doctors need to get together and go after the medical board. Yeah, because you've got a predator institution that's all corrupt. Well, and that's the interesting thing about predators. They rarely know what to do when they're attacked. They don't expect it. Right. They're supposed to be the predator, not you, right? They are guilty as can be of so many, like, literal violations of criminal codes. Yeah. And the evidence is just outrageously profound, but they're very, very arrogant. Wow. Because no one's ever called them on it. No one's ever ever actually gone and sued them. Because people are afraid, well, you know, there's that immunity if you're a public official. But so what? When you're committing, when you're violating criminal codes, I'm sorry, there is nowhere in these immunity laws where it says that uh, a public official, part of his duty is Uh to violate criminal codes. Right. I'm sorry, you lose your immunity. So one of the questions that comes up, obviously, is um, how did you get to the point where you were good at putting together these causes of action? And things like that, because you're not you're officially an attorney, right? So you must have had something that helped you get into the mindset of number one, looking outside the box, like with the vaccines, about what you're supposedly not able to do, and questioning it and looking through it. What do you think? What was it in your background that that did that? Because most people would feel like I could never do that, 
You know, that's just so impossible. Um, it was a series of, of, of strange events in my life that led to me being involved in, in lawsuits, even um, even in uh, a federal court, you know, on a patent case. Um, my own invention, some Rockefeller Trust Fund babies tried to yeah. steal it from me, and uh, I sued them. I was the plaintiff, and I won. So you um, had to find out how to do it, basically. Uh, yeah, and, and for some reason, and, and that was one of the later events later in life, the, the, the Rockefeller trust fund babies. And that was huge. I mean, um, they were so wealthy. They had five of the world's most powerful law firms fighting me a pro se. Wow. And, and, and that's who they hired to defend this lawsuit that I filed against them. And, um, I, I, so that was very challenging and I, I had to learn a lot. Um, but there were other, events in my life where just for some weird reason I would get sucked into a situation where I have no choice but to be self-representing and it was like life or death like the early stuff that it was to me it, from my perspective was like life or death almost like I can't lose and so I would just it wasn't just oh well she's so smart it was she'll do whatever she has to and so I was you know 12 hours a day legal research and and finding everything I could and going back and filing. If I couldn't win on, on, on strategy, I would win on just being a war of attrition. Like I would file right. so many damn things. The other side would kind of throw up their hands in desperation. And but see, I think, this flag, is one of the, you know? I think this is one of the most important parts of your message, not just the data about the vaccines, but to shake people out of their sense that they can't do anything. That they're oh, so yeah, that's that's the that, thing. That they're you know, weak and, and they have this gigantic monster that can't be fought. Oh yeah, people were yeah. laughing at me. I mean, those those uh, trust fund babies that were trying to take the um the patent from me, they they literally laughed at me. Right. When I said, uh, I don't care who you hire, I'll outlawyer them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I mean and, and yeah. I can see why they laughed. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not a lawyer. And um, they knew they could afford all the biggest law firms and lawyers and whatever. And, yeah. and they also knew that ultimately it wasn't going to be about right or wrong. Excuse me, I got to move. I got the sun in my eyes. Um, it was going to be about, you know, who, who could produce the most paperwork. Yeah, and exactly. bury the other person in it, you know. Right. Um, or maybe pay off a judge, as I'm come to find out. That's another way to win. Exactly, exactly. Not that I've done it, but I know that it's being done. So the um, only thing you haven't figured out how to do with these cases that you're working on now is how to avoid the endless delays, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, one thing I'm, I want to move back into state court, I want to get, like, our case, absolutely, it's in federal court. It's the right defendant. It's the perfect case. We pled perfectly. It's, it's, it is what it was supposed to be. Okay. It's just we're running into corruption and we're fighting through that. Um, but I'm 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 very uh, actually hopeful about filing in state court. The same the same complaint. Oh God, no! You're talking no, about no, Do- no, no. Doug's Doctor Holstead's case. Yeah, that would be uh, doctors and their patients suing the California State Medical Board for putting uh, for causing or being a part of. Uh, aiding and abetting. So that's the, the one of the main criminal codes. They have aided and abetted the state legislature in prescribing medicine without a license to practice med- 
medicine. So they're, they're um, enforcing these so-called laws that are actually evidence of a crime. So a state legislature cannot be granted a license to practice medicine. Only an individual with a license to practice medicine is legally allowed to prescribe any drug. Um, And so the legislature, when you look at the penal codes uh, uh, making this a crime, the legislature did not, when they passed these um, vaccine mandate laws, There's nowhere in there it says, oh, by the way, we are making an, we're carving out an exception where we get to practice medicine without a license, without running afoul of the criminal code. In other words, declaring a mandate, declaring a mandate is practicing medicine. That's what you're saying. It is prescription, it's prescribing a, a, a drug. Yeah. Just because they prescribed it to the general population doesn't mean that it's not a drug prescription. And isn't it also violating informed consent? Well, when they coerce it, when they mandate it, absolutely. Yeah. But the first core crime that they committed, the state legislature, and now it was the prescribing of drugs without a license to practice medicine. Wow. And now the California State Medical Board, in seeking to enforce those vaccine mandate laws, right, is aiding and abetting the practice of medicine without a license. Now, it gets uh, really, really cl- crystal clear when you realize it is the medical board that is charged with enforcing those codes specific to making sure the public is not put at risk by someone prescribing drugs when they don't have a license to practice medicine. So there's no way they're going to be able to come into court and say, we didn't know it was a crime. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what they're supposed to be enforcing. And not only are they not enforcing that law that prohibits this activity, they're aiding and abetting it. But isn't it the law usually written that either they knew or should have known? Well, this is a strict liability one in terms of when you bring it as a civil action for a criminal wrong. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if they say they knew or not. Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to practice. And and, and it'd be pretty, pretty big stretch for them to say we weren't aware of that law. So the only thing they can do really is to try to either pay you off or threaten you. Or delay it forever? They'll try to get it dismissed. They'll try to pay us off. Well, they'll try and settle something with a gag order. They'll, they'll, yeah, yeah. there's any number of things that we can expect. All of them corrupt and right. all of them unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to be ready for anything and not. Yeah. Not- and, and the, the interesting thing about it is that in a state court, if we're, if we go to one of these better, jurisdictions we find a good plaintiff that's located in a a good county right where the judges still rule constitutionally and and at a minimum kind of just don't want the republic to fall um we can probably get in because you know the preliminary relief are going to be asking for the preliminary injunction like you file a lawsuit there's some bigger relief you're after down the road but as you file it's like you know we need this right away your honor well what are we going to be asking for on the state level Oh, we're going to ask for an injunction against the state legislature and the medical board continuing to violate criminal laws that put public public health at risk. That's hard to argue against. I know. That's the way I'm going to frame it. I think that's great. And I've got all the evidence to back it up. Right. That these vaccine exposures have already caused a catastrophic public health crisis. So while you're waiting for the next step at the federal court 
And are you waiting for the next step at the state court too, or what's the status? We haven't filed in state court yet. When do you think you will? I don't really want to. Okay. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah. You're you're looking at a class action. There's a lot of, there are a lot of chess pieces moving right now. And um, the the timing will present its, the the perfect timing in the perfect place in the perfect way is going to present itself. And I'm confident of that. What do you, what would you like from the public at this point? Uh, To go to the controlgroup.org. And um, if you do decide to donate, uh, that you make a note uh, that you intend it for Dr. Holstead's um, legal fees so that we can sue the state. Because ultimately, we want to build a model that can be repeated in other states where these same laws exist. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to somebody about that, and they're saying, why are you, um, why are you, suggesting that people donate to a a given cause and i'm saying the reason i like to do this from a detached point of view where i have no financial connection or anything to it is i think this is something that everybody from somebody with a few dollars to billionaires should support and i still have if if it's a buck make it a buck if you know if it's nothing but you take the time to spread the word that exactly whatever you can do and, and I'm starting to put more emphasis on the people out there with a lot of resources that may still have some remnant of a conscience and yeah. and becoming aware of the things they did, like what we were talking about with Trump, that they would like to admit and make up for. This is a great well, opportunity. There's no way Trump supporters like me, even like even with everything I know and my proclivities, there's no way Trump supporters are going to turn their back on Trump if he steps forward at some point here and says, I was lied to. Yeah. I actually thought this was going to help. I knew that without the vaccine, we couldn't open the, the, the economy back up. Right. And we would have already completely. Cl- it is true. We would have completely collapsed. Yeah. But we're all subject to making mistakes, including him. So, you know, he made the best value judgment he could with whatever. But no, there's nobody that loves that man and supports him. And, and, and so many people do that that are that are going to go, well, I hate him now because he admitted that he made a mistake. No, I think that's, that's, not really, how it's going to that's work. very superficial. And I, I think that his support would probably multiply by 10. Yes. You know, I really a think a lot of people from the, 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 the left would look at that genuine and that sincerity about, you know, we're all going to come clean here. These vaccines turned out to be a huge mistake. Right. And and very bad. And we're going to clean this up now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be great. And people now who become aware of what you're doing could take the same attitude. Like, you know, maybe we haven't helped with this before, but there's millions of people's lives at stake at this point and people who don't have to be injured and the support would speed up that change. It would protect so. a whole lot of innocent children. Exactly. The adults are still, for the most part, making their decision. They it's are. those kids that aren't choosing that I'm a lot really, of the, really uh, desperate to protect. I totally agree with that. But a lot of adults are operating like naive children, too. They have bigger bodies, but they're not showing much wisdom. Well, after years and years of being injected with aluminum oxides and perhaps mercury as well. That could be an uh, excuse. Yeah. Well, I mean, our, our IQ has been plummeting. Here oh, I know. I know. 
right along with the increase in the number of vaccines people take. Lifespan is going down, too. Injecting mercury and aluminum probably isn't good. Right. Yeah. In spite of the fact that CNN or one of the mainstream news channels said, and this study that we're looking at now shows aluminum is actually good, or mercury is actually good for children. I saw that one. Mercury. They aired it on ABC. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Mercury is good for children. Yeah, in Whoa. fact, maybe we should start putting it in fast food and everything, you know. Yeah, they were actually saying, but to benefit the most from it, they have to get it when they're really young. Yeah. They actually said that. Oh, that's perfect because they're injecting kids when they're just born at this point. Yeah, they got their way. So, um, so what's the next milestone that you're looking for? Um. Well, the filing of the uh, appeal, the regular appeal with with SCOTUS, which is not discretionary. In other words, um, uh, like with the writ, they don't have to explain why they're not going to look at it. It's just like piss off. They can just go. No. Okay. So there's there's something a little more serious that's going to be on their desk pretty quick here on our regular appeal. Okay. Uh, But that's one of those, you know, off. uh, Who knows? You don't know when it could happen. Yeah. That's one of the big uh, problems. I know it'll be filed it. within the next three months, but how long it'll take after that to hear anything? I mean, the, the country will be on life support by then. So well, I'm moving on a state act. Yeah. Because okay. California is okay. the biggest economy in this country. Yeah. We can save California. That would be we incredible. We can build this model, a legal model that's working. That's yeah. my goal is to build a, 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 a state law legal model that works, that right. saves a state, a big, important one that can be replicated in other states. Yeah, yeah. Because I know the medical boards in all these other uh, 49 states are doing the same things to their doctors. Right, exactly. All under the same kind of control. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if people want to stay up to date with what's going on, they can look at your website, I guess. You're posting updates of some kind there. Uh, so the controlgroup.org is just kind of the study site. It's a way that you could donate to um, Dr. Halstead. Okay. And our California model for lawsuit. Um, uh, you're going to be having uh, Doug Halstead on your show soon. And, two, week, um, two weeks is the plan. Yeah. Okay. So I want him, uh, I'm going to try and make sure he gets a give, send, go set up. Yeah, that, exactly. So that I don't have yeah. to sort these donations. That would be very I mean, I'll transfer it to him, but it's just, it's right. easier if it just goes straight to him. Right. Because this, he's going to be the one uh, in control of like, who's going to be the lawyer, the lead counsel on this. And, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. He's very, very smart. Uh, very, very smart man. It was actually him that was pointing out this fundamental thing that everyone else was missing. They're practicing medicine without a license. And that's a criminal act. Yeah. So obvious. I don't think I would have ever thought of it. Nobody did. But he it's brought been it up going on. It, even to me, it seems so sort of, I was like, yeah, but could we, you know, because the first thing you think is, well, but you need a prosecutor that'll prosecute it. And it's like, no, you can have a private right of action for suffering damage because of a criminal wrong, even if they were never prosecuted criminally. You know, if you didn't have 60 hours a day of other stuff to do, teaching people how to do this personally would be great too, because most people assume you can't do anything like that. Well, um, I see the control group website as another venue for publishing our actual legal work um, okay. with with the doctors. Now, if you want to see our existing federal lawsuit and look at the evidence packages, which right. you can use in other, like if you've already got something you want to file, 
Yeah. You can use these. These are judicially noticeable. Um, uh, go to uh, informedconsentdefense.org. Okay, informed consent defense. The the history of our case, our federal case. Informed consent defense. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, are there any updates posted? I mean, are they posted there? That those are updates on the federal case. Yeah, on the federal one, and And you can see the entire case. You're going to put the stuff on the state case anywhere? That'll probably end up on the controlgroup.org. Okay. Um, if not, it, there'll be a new website and the control group will link to it. All so, right. But the, uh, you can go to the control group.org and even if you don't want to donate anything, but you just want to get notices when important things happen, we never spam. I send out like one email, maybe every six months. So there's like a newsletter sign up, or but something. it's just to let you know something's happened or is about to happen or whatever. Okay. Um, but the control group.org is where you want to go. Give us your email address. We will not abuse it. Right. We don't share it with anyone and we will hardly ever use it at all. We're not selling caps and t-shirts. And right. Do you, at this it. point, do you want to be, in touch with people from other states trying to do something similar? Absolutely. And I want to hear from people like, uh, and the, the first way to get through to me, you can actually write me through the control group, uh, org, And I do write back. There's like a uh, contact form there. right? Yeah. And, and if you've got something interesting, you want to talk to me about I'll okay. exchange phone numbers. You can call me. I'll call you. Yeah. Cause I want everybody helping each other with this. Yeah. We need to be connecting. Right. We need to be putting right. our heads together and informing each other of things we might not have already known. Okay. And at some point when you think it's appropriate, maybe we could do a show on an update. What's happening if you want to, when you think it's appropriate. Yeah. Well, definitely when we start getting some wins here, because I really honestly believe we are going to end up with uh, a preliminary injunction out of state court to, to, to stop the criminal activity. Anything like that should be shared with everybody, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, That's going to be like, everyone needs to do this in their state. The encouragement is really important. Yeah, we need to see some wins. We got to give them some bloody noses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. we'll just have some whistleblowers show up from medical boards, too. Well, we may end up with something like that. Not inconceivable. It may be unlikely. Okay. Some okay. People, people surprise you. You never know who's going to repent. It could be right on the edge. Yeah, you never know who's going to repent. Okay. Well, I think it's probably one of the most important things going on in the whole health arena right now because it's so connected to, I mean, on the health level, every disease. It's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's the thing. And if it's the thing, the main thing causing all these diseases, and it's being forced, and it's being misrepresented, and it's being mandated, and people are believing these slogans like safe and effective. In fact, some of the main people believing that are doctors. Because they hear it a million times in medical school. I don't. I don't believe they believe it. Really? Then why do they go? And you know what? If they're that, if their IQ is that low, well, then we do believe it. So what what are you doing? Practicing medicine. Well, yeah, but if their ethical standard is that low because they know it and they're doing it anyway. Either way, just they shouldn't be practicing that way either, right? Yeah, it's just all got to stop. Yeah, and we need a parallel new system arising at the same time, which there are signs that that's happening. There are signs that that is coming. That's happening. It's coming together right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch. Exactly. Well, it's exciting. Um, I hope we can update it soon and give everybody some encouragement. We all need it. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hold on. We'll say goodbye in the break here. I've got some other things I got to transfer okay. you to. So there goes Joy Garner, uh, the founder and originator and con- conception person for the controlgroup.org. An amazing project. I mean, she talks about it like, you know, it's no big deal in a way and it's what she expected. And there are these other studies and all that. But I think this is like, it should be earth shaking in what she put together and found out. And when CDC was saying, we can't, you know, we can't check out whether vaccines are killing all these people because it would be so unethical to withhold uh, the vaccines for from certain people to make a control group. And they knew, or l- at least the bosses knew, that that was never required. All you have to do is a retrospective study, retro meaning back and spective meaning looking. So looking back at the people who already, for their own reasons, decided not to be, not to have any vaccines. And nobody was doing that. Certainly the government agencies were avoiding it. And that's what Joy did. And what she found was like, I mean, if we didn't have a criminal media and they were actually honest and they wanted people to get the benefit of information, what Joy's project found would be all over the headlines. It would be talked about on all the radio and TV shows internationally. and. No vaccines would be going on at all. None. Uh, and all the, all these uh, really advanced doctors, I'm not going to name them right now, but saying that, oh, the COVID vaccine is killing everybody, which anybody can tell if they look at VARES and multiply by 100, you can get a rough idea. And there's a European database too. Doctors who recognize that, almost all of them rush to say, but I'm not anti-vax and I've had all the regular vaccines. Don't worry. I'm not an extremist. I'm not an anti-vax person. I'm not anti-science. They're just anti-common sense, you know, because it should be so obvious. This And Alex Jones doesn't get this either. He says that the whole vaccines, there's real science behind the technology and the idea of injecting uh, a pathogen uh, and I'm not condemning Alex Jones. He's doing fantastic work, but not able to get the idea, the depth of the hoax, you know, that it's always been a fraud. It never prevented uh, de- disease. And it was always harming and killing people. Ever since Jenner in, um, what, 1796 in the UK, this was always doing unimaginable damage. And most people, you know, who are trained, they don't realize how much deception was in their education. They, they're in medical school listening to drug dealer representatives, or actually, I should say, advanced pharmaceutical scientists telling them that, yes, vaccines are safe and effective, and they eradicated polio. I mean, they saved the world from smallpox. They did all these things. And most people believe it. And amazingly enough, the opposite is true. There's no strong evidence that any disease was eradicated by vaccines or prevented. And even modern examples like in Disneyland, the 
horrible outbreak of measles, which was a few people getting measles. And, you know, measles has been harmless for a long time with normal nutrition and sanitation. And they were saying this horrible outbreak of measles to justify the, the vaccine for that. Most of those people that got the measles in Disneyland that they were talking about a few years ago, they were vaccinated against measles. And people can't put together the simple, obvious, you know, glaring reality of it, which Joy did. And she said, all right, here's the data. This is the effect on every disease that was measured. And, you know, I asked her, for example, about type 1 diabetes. And she said in the completely unvaccinated people, they don't get diabetes. There's none. So it doesn't mean it's the only predisposing factor. But with all the other predisposing factors there, including the glyphosate and the GMO food and, you know, all the different things that are bad, the chemtrails and uh, fluoride and all this stuff, those certainly hurt health. But nobody in her group that was surveyed who never had a vaccine got any type of diabetes. And I think it's worth silently letting that sink in. And the same thing for a lot of other diseases. I think she said in the video that we just listened to, um, that you just listened to the recording that we did, that 46% of the general public gets some kind of heart disease. 46% and almost nobody who's not vaccinated gets it. So it's a business built on murder and injury and fraud and deception. And it's doing great. It's one of the most productive uh, financial investments and businesses in our country and most of the world right now. And the the companies behind it are so rich, they have huge control over governments. I mean, all over the world. So this is just such a mind-boggling situation that we're all in. And when when the company, the vaccine dealer, gets the governments to mandate it, that's more, you know, even more striking because now you've got mass murder becoming mandate and possibly law. You know, in California, uh, they've been working for a long time in all the states as far as school attendance goes, that you have to subject your child to possible injury or death to go to school to be brainwashed at the indoctrination center. And it kind of brings up the question that you you would think people would wonder about. Wait a minute, let's analyze this. What I get is free brain, well, not free, but brainwashing for my kid, maybe uh, physical mutilation if we can convince them to change gender, which nobody can really do, but you can mutilate your body. And for that, all I have to do is risk injury or death for the child. Now, that seems like not a very good deal. And I mean, common sense is missing in the general public, thanks largely to the edu- educational system, the media, uh, what science has become, which is all fake, uh, all the promotion on different levels and corporations. And the bottom line is it's a consciousness issue like everything else. So the only reason to know about it 
is to look at what can be done about it. And I, I told Joy, you know, in the, uh, in the interview that we would like people to support her work. And apparently, um, the controlgroup.org and informed consent dot, informed consent defense.org are the places for donations. And I would strongly encourage anybody, and I'm not some of those people that would ask, no, I'm not getting paid for any advertising of Joy's work. I'm not getting paid for advertising anybody's work. I just think she's doing great, a great project that needs massive support. And I strongly suggest that, or at least help us share the links. Um, stay in touch at lostartsradio.com. Uh, there's a tab there all about the radio shows where they're, where they're available and the sites that don't censor. And I'll try to do a, a YouTube, uh, disclaimer about this show that doesn't get censored itself and refers people to the non-censoring, uh, platforms. Cause this, this knowledge needs to get out. And if you know anybody that's searching for it, tell them about the controlgroup.org because it might save somebody's life. It's really important. So that's the main thing. And um, share the links and support us financially if you can. This is commercial free radio. Um, not by mistake. I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying we won't do any commercials at some point if we need to. And there's one that feels solid. But up to now, uh, I've been rejecting possibilities like that because I really like the ability to suggest something to you that I'm not getting paid for. We still need money. So if you want to help us stay on the air, uh, go to lostartsradio.com and there's a donate button there near the top of the page or subscribe star link. Either one works fine or a mailing address if you want to do it the old fashioned way. Um, if you have the resources, not if you're struggling, you know, to survive, but if you can, uh, help us keep going. It's deeply appreciated. And uh, what else you might want to check into? PlanetaryHealingClub.com, which is where we're working on the consciousness issues that are behind this whole situation. You know, if people start becoming, as Joy put it, when she talked to the group, the Planetary Healing Club, if people become aware of who they are, not in theory, not in belief, but actual experience, the whole thing is over. Because with that goes common sense and uh, needs to become common again. And people would never fall for this junk. Not only the general ordinary people like us, but the servants of the dark system who are just following orders. If they become aware of who they are, they can't follow murderous orders anymore. And we'll, we'll have whistleblowers from all over the system. And I'd like to see that happen right away. So if you want to work on that with us, uh, that means working on yourself to open up that connection personally first so that you'll have something to share. That's at planetaryhealingclub.com. And Doug and I are there live every week. We'd like to see if you want to show up. I think that's about it. So take care of yourself. Uh, as Joy would advise you, don't let people inject poison into you and say that it's going to prevent diseases. That's never been true. And it's very dangerous. Take care of yourself. Learn the natural means of health without drugs and 
poisonous material, it's still available in spite of the censorship. We're talking about it in Planetary Healing Club too. And um, don't hate anybody. Work, work on your mental and emotional state, which is more powerful than you think. And we can change the whole situation. You have that power dormant, but it can be brought back to consciousness. So thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. And uh, we got some other incredible shows coming up from the people that Joy talked about tonight. We'll meet you here for that very soon. Have a good night. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind, and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month. 
where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Just open me wide 